Welcome to episode 57 of Reliving the War. We're going to compare Raw and Nitro from the 11th of November 1996. WCW has a few weeks to go until their World War 3 pay-per-view, while the WWF presents Survivor Series later in the week. WWF Raw is a taped show from Fort Wayne, Indiana, while WCW Nitro on TNT is live from St. Petersburg, Florida. As always, let's check out the first 60 minutes of Nitro before comparing both shows. As Tony and Larry open up Nitro, we can see a guy in the background waving a padded envelope around and he gets removed by security. We'll come back to this in a minute. Our first match featured Chris Benoit taking on the fake Double J, a fairly decent match with an interesting finish. After Benoit gets suplexed out of the ring, Sting shows up. Sting hits a scorpion death drop on Jeff Jarrett and he leaves afterwards. The match gets ruled as a DQ. Benoit was also about to walk away, but Woman tells Chris that Double J represents WCW and Benoit should help Jeff back to his feet. Chris picks Jeff up by the hair. After the match, the envelope guy comes back. He manages to leave the envelope on the announce desk and curiosity gets the better of Tony and Larry. Inside the envelope is a VHS tape and a letter. The letter says... WCW, take a look at this tape. It played in Europe in 1992 and was a hit. Piper wants Hogan, you'll see what I mean. Ken McDade. Can't wait to see this 1992 European smut video a little later on. We get to see some unrelated footage of Ric Flair in hospital. The nature boy has a torn rotator cuff and he's apparently going to be out of action for four months. Zero then defeated Hosaka in the WCW Women's Championship Tournament. Zero absolutely dominated her opponent here, scoring the win with a crucifix powerbomb. Mean Gene Okerlund is back on Nitro and he's interviewing Diamond Dallas Page. Gene wants to know about Page's relationship with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. DDP says he doesn't need anyone's help to win matches before the Outsiders show up, offering Page a spot in the New World Order. Page is offended that he got offered this spot in the New World Order so late, feeling that Hall and Nash see him as a less important wrestler in comparison to Hogan, The Giant, Six, and even Vincent. Nash explains that the choices he and Hall made were all political. They couldn't ask Page to join right away because they needed Hogan to truly launch a takeover. But Page isn't buying it. DDP feels he's being courted way too late. Nash tells Page that he doesn't get it before the segment comes to an end. Interesting stuff. Rey Mysterio vs. Ciclope is our next match and we get an appearance from Ultimo Dragon or Ultimate Dragon and Sonny Ono. Dragon has his J-Crown Championship belts along with the NWA Middleweight Championship. Among those belts too is the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. The title had become a part of the J-Crown in August of 96. Rey Mysterio won the match with a West Coast pop. Dean Malenko and Psychosis made appearances on the entranceway during the bout. Tony and Larry then give us a look at the super rad WCW website, a website that was vandalised recently. I wonder who could have done that. Hall, Nash and Six then came out to make an announcement. The NWO are going to show up at the Cable Ace Awards and soon WCW Nitro is going to become NWO Nitro. The Wolfpack then approach the commentary desk and Hall has a few words with Tony and Larry. Hall announces that the NWO's website is live right now, so let's check that out. NWOWrestling.com huh. Motherfucker. Kevin Nash then compliments Larry's dress sense and Big Sexy asks Larry if he got a cup of soup with his shirt. 
This makes Tony Schiavone corpse big time. Nash reminds us that the NWO got their segments on WCW Saturday night because they won war games, but they want more. In a few weeks time, Nash says that Monday Nitro becomes NWO Nitro while Hall reminds fans to tune into the Cable Ace Awards to see the new world order. The unopposed point goes to WCW this week, good action in the ring and good promos to kick off this week's episode of Nitro. This week's episode of Raw features a ton of promos and TV spots for Survivor Series, so apologies for the weird head-to-head battles this week. The middle of Raw is promo after promo, so I'll do my best to condense it all down and make it work within the Reliving the War format. Also, remember that Survivor Series results won't get covered in next week's episode. Instead, there's going to be a full-blown Survivor Series video upload looking at every match in detail, and that video goes on YouTube this Sunday, so I hope you join me again later in the week. So, we have Shawn Michaels and Psycho Sid taking on Owen Hart and Davey Boy Smith to start things off, while WCW Nitro puts on a Lex Luger vs Scott Norton matchup. Sid and Shawn could become the tag team champions tonight just before their big Survivor Series main event. Stone Cold Steve Austin appears via split screen, and he refuses to apologise for last week. That's the very last time we'll hear about the Pillman's Got A Gun stuff. Austin says he's heard that Bret Hart is in the building tonight, and after Stone Cold takes care of Bob Holly in the main event, Steve says he might find Bret Hart and put Bret's little sharpshooter on the hitman himself. Owen tries to sneak attack Sid, and that doesn't work at all. Owen then tries to make peace with the big man, but the King of Hearts ends up taking a hard Irish whip to the corner chest first. After picking Owen up by the hair and slamming him to the mat, Sid goes to work in the corner. Owen manages to jump over Sid after another Irish whip attempt, and now the Rocket gets a chance to lay in a few right hands. Sid pushes Owen away like he's nothing, and Sean then gets tagged in. Sid and Sean are working together absolutely fine here. Owen brings Sean down with a shoulder tackle, but a leapfrog and dropdown sequence ends with Owen taking a monkey flip, a hip toss, and just before Raw takes a commercial break, Owen gets clotheslined over the top rope. When we come back, the bulldog has already been tagged in. Davey gets taken down with a hip toss, and Sid comes back into the match. Davey takes a running boot to the midsection, but he answers with a very impressive vertical suplex. Sid comes crashing down hard, but Davey loses his momentum after missing a leg drop. HBK gets tagged in, but Owen stops Sean in his tracks by laying in a knee from the apron. This leads to Owen getting tagged in, and a little double team action from the WWF Tag Team Champions. Owen keeps the pressure on Sean with an inverted atomic drop, and Owen lays in some strikes to wear down Michaels. Sean tries to fight back from the mat, but it's no use. HBK ends up taking a knee strike, and things are looking pretty bad for the WWF Champion. Owen then puts on a chin lock. Davy is probably overjoyed at this marvelous sight. Sean fights his way out, and he manages to pin hard, but Owen kicks out at two. Sean takes a jumping clothesline before Davy comes back into the match. Davey, <laughs> Davey doesn't do much here. He kicks HBK a few times on the mat and he lays in a few body shots in the corner. He's in for about 20 seconds before he tags out again. Must have been one of those days. Owen and Davey then double team Michaels and Vince wonders if Sid is purposely distracting the referee, letting Sean take a beating before the big main event in Madison Square Garden later in the week. Sean counters a top rope crossbody from Owen but he only gets a two count. Sid is begging to get tagged in, but the tag champs are doing a good job of keeping Sean away from his tag team partner. 
Davy comes back in and said again as being a shit partner by inadvertently distracting the referee. Bulldog can't be asked tonight so he tags in Owen and we see more double team moves from the champs. Bulldog feels bad so he comes back in and he kicks Sean and his little showstoppers. Davy doesn't get disqualified either and Davy must have been hitting the pipe before this matchup. Eventually, Owen misses a top rope dropkick, Sid finally gets tagged in and Davy takes a chokeslam. There's a nice back body drop spot next where Owen goes over Sid's head while Sid has Davy in position for a powerbomb. Davy gets out of the powerbomb spot and Sean comes in to take out Owen. Davy finds himself in the middle of the ring and Sean goes for sweet chin music. Bulldog moves out of the way and Sid takes the super kick. Bulldog and Owen attack Sid and Sean afterwards and Sean ends up taking Owen Hart's enziguri. A great opening match for Monday Night Raw this week, I quite enjoyed this one. Gonna be tough for Luger and Norton to top Raw's opening bout but let's see what happens. Arn Anderson cuts a split screen promo where he talks about his upcoming match with Lex Luger at a Baltimore house show, the same house show that's gonna feature the Sullivan vs Benoit matchup. I hope someone can shed some light on this house show in the comments and why it was so heavily promoted, because from what I can tell it was never taped and it was never broadcast on TV. I mean, it's been getting hyped up way more than World War 3 and that takes place in just two weeks time. Not a lot happening in the ring here, both men refuse to budge for a while as Luger and Norton try to knock one another down. Norton then gets the upper hand and he kinda falls over when performing a backbreaker but the crowd are more concerned about something else that's happening inside the arena. Sting has once again shown up and he's watching the match from the balcony. Luger clotheslines Norton over the top rope but Scott lays in a few chops on the outside. Luger ends up clotheslining the ring post and back inside the ropes Lex begins selling the arm. Norton hits a jumping shoulder block just before Nitro takes a break and when we come back Norton drops Luger's arm over the top rope. Scott then drives his elbow into Luger's bicep and shoulder and back inside the ring Lex takes another few chops. So far this has been pretty good, nothing to complain about really. As Lex begins his comeback, Bischoff tells us that the VHS tape that ended up on the commentary desk earlier will get played later on in the broadcast. Luger remembers to keep selling the arm while bringing the fight to Norton and Lex manages to bring Scott down with a jumping forearm. Norton replies with a boot in the corner and Lex takes a clothesline. Flash Norton then goes for a top rope move but Luger ducks out of the way, leading to Scott crashing down hard to the mat. Lex signals for the rack, Luger manages to lift Norton with ease and the match ends with Scott submitting to the torture rack. After the bout, Mean Gene asks Luger about Sting's actions earlier in the night. Why did Sting attack Jeff Jarrett? Luger says, it's obvious, Jarrett didn't sing with my baby tonight and Sting was a big fan of the song and s- <laughs> not only joking. Luger says a lot of people want to see Sting inside the ring including the total package. But Lex doesn't know what's going on in Sting's head, his calls aren't being answered by the icon. Luger says that this is WCW's darkest hour, the NWO are succeeding in taking over WCW and Luger can't continue defending the company on his own, he needs Sting. Lex apologises again for doubting the Stinger, he apologises on behalf of the fans and Lex wants the icon back inside the ring to help in the fight against the NWO. This Norton vs Luger match was good but not as good as the tag team bout on the WWF side so it's a point for Raw.
The amazing French Canadians, no, not the Quebecers, the amazing French Canadians take on Harlem Heat next on Nitro while WWF Raw presents Mankind vs. Freddie Joe Floyd. This is a match we've already seen on Raw and I was surprised how much offense Floyd got in last time so let's see if it's more of the same this week. Before the Raw match begins, Kevin Kelly reports that Sean and Sid had to get broken up backstage, the two are pissed off with how things went down tonight and it looks like the friendship has ended. Kelly says he's going to try to get interviews with both guys later on in the show. Floyd ducks out of the corner and he manages to lay in a few punches. He then lands a dropkick but Mankind floors his opponent with a boot to the face. The executioner watches on as Mankind takes control of the match for a brief moment. But Freddy comes back with some backhand punches and a jumping kick to the back of Mankind's head. Old Floyd surprising the fans tonight on Monday Night Raw. Too much confidence leads to Smothers going over the top rope and Mankind hits a leg drop as his opponent climbs back into the ring. Mick then beats the tar out of Floyd from corner to corner and again we see the executioner just standing there wondering what he's gonna have for dinner tonight. Terry Gordy just didn't look all that scary when portraying the executioner did he? Foley runs into Floyd with a big knee smash. He then pulls off a pile driver by using poor Tracy's tights for leverage and the wedgie looks just as painful as the pile driver itself. Those bad boys are right fucking up there and Freddie Joe Floyd gets a good sniff of last night's curry. The executioner continues to look absolutely lost as mankind applies the mandible claw. It's all over. Totally worth it though for the pile driver spot. As Mankind holds the urn inside the ring, The Undertaker's music begins playing in the arena and we see a Paul Bearer dummy hanging upside down inside a cage. The Undertaker speaks to the audience saying that this Sunday a new age of darkness begins and Paul Bearer should pay attention to what's in front of him as this is only the beginning of his torment and torture. Exciting stuff here, The Phenom has promised us a new chapter in the story of The Undertaker this week at Survivor Series. So who knows what we're going to see on pay-per-view. Also, the executioner made an important decision while all this was going on. He decided that he's going to have pizza tonight. The amazing French Canadians have a new manager, Colonel Robert Parker. We watched WCW Saturday Night recently for a Patreon watch-along and Harlem Heat completely annihilated the Colonel during last week's episode. So thankfully, we're reaching the end of this whole storyline. Still a few weeks to go though. The French Canadians get in a cheap shot at the beginning of the match and Booker T ends up taking, uh, well, a unique double team move. It doesn't take long for Harlem Heat to turn things around though and we end up with Stevie Ray and Carlette inside the ropes. Booker T then gets tagged in and we cut away to the backstage area where the nasty boys are trying to get into the arena. Nobs and Sags ask for Doug Dillinger. Doug comes along and Sags says they just want to talk to someone in the office. Bischoff says on commentary that the nasty boys showed their true colours when they tried to join the New World Order. All fine and dandy, but there's a match going on inside the ring and even worse, the remainder of the bout plays out in split screen. Sherry gets inside the ring and eventually so does Robert Parker. Sherry ends up swinging for the colonel and this makes the referee call for the bell ending the match in a disqualification or double DQ I think. Nobody gets hit so I've no idea what's going on here. Meanwhile the nasty boys bump into some randomer outside the building and hey wait a minute fuck off it's the booty man. I thought we were done with this guy but apparently not maybe he wants to join the nasty boys nasty boy booty. 
but we don't know what was discussed here. I'm just upset that he's back on Nitro. The presentation of this match was truly awful. The Undertaker stuff was pretty cool, so it's a point for Raw. This is when the WWF go full pelt with the Survivor Series promotion, so apologies for the messy segments here. We have the introduction of Rocky Maivia next on Raw, along with a Psycho Sid promo, and on Nitro we have Conan vs Chris Jericho. Sounds like a good one. Vince McMahon says Rocky Maivia is the first ever third generation superstar. Not in the WWF, but the first ever. This isn't true at all, seeing as we have Chavo Guerrero currently wrestling on WCW Nitro, but anyway. We see Rocky Maivia clanging and banging inside the Titan Towers gym and he's working out inside a ring. Rocky says he's got goosebumps thinking about his debut this week at the Survivor Series. Kevin Kelly then walks with Rocky outside and Maivia says he's jacked up, he's ready to go, and Madison Square Garden is an important place for young Rocky seeing as his dad and his grandfather made their names inside the venue. We then see footage of Rocky inducting his father into the Cauliflower Alley Club, and we then see more clips of Rock training inside the ring along with Tom Pritchard. Rock is talking about earning the respect of fans instead of riding on the coattails of his father and grandfather, something this promo has already done. Maivia then says that he wants to look back on his career in five years time and ask himself if he's happy with what he did and what he accomplished. And I'm sure in 2001 The Rock was more than happy with his achievements and as we all know, Rock continues to achieve huge things even to this very day. It all begins this week at the Survivor Series for Rocky Maivia, and yeah, very interesting seeing The Rock this early on and learning about his mindset. We then go over to Kevin Kelly who looks like he's absolutely shitting himself as Psycho Sid is ready to speak. Kelly tells Sid that the super kick looked like a mistake earlier on, and Sid tells Kelly to shut up. For weeks this has been going on between Sid and Sean and there's no coincidence here. Sid gave Sean the benefit of the doubt when he saw Sean holding a steel chair last week after Owen's attack, but this week the super kick wasn't a mistake according to Sid. Sid says there's going to be no mistakes at Survivor Series, the reign of Shawn Michaels comes to an end. Shawn will have to step off the mountain and Sid will step above. No man will cast a stone to knock him down because Sid is the master and ruler of the world. Sid isn't everyone's favourite promo and he obviously has his little moments but this promo was very effective and now fans had to choose. Do they want HBK to retain or do they want Sid on top of the mountain? Chris Jericho's first WCW theme song makes me feel both happy and sad at the same time. Nick Patrick is our referee for this match so you already know the outcome. Conan starts this one off with a headpat super combo that dazes Lionheart. We then get a drop down leapfrog sequence where no man gets the upper hand. Conan gets brought to the corner and whipped to the other. And just as Jericho hits a spinning wheel kick we get a split screen that shows us a trading card of Chris Jericho's dad. But keep an eye on the live action and you'll see a pretty sloppy looking Japanese arm drag. Jericho pins Conan and Patrick has to count on the apron. Jericho isn't impressed with the speed of Patrick's count. A few hard slaps from Jericho gets followed up with a whip into the corner. Chris then goes for his springboard dropkick and the camera angle does him no favours here. It looks like he botches the move but I think it's more to do with the position of the camera. Chris misses a plancha and Conan follows up with a rolling clothesline. A second rolling clothesline from Conan follows inside the ropes. 
and Conan then has some fun while Jericho is all wrapped up on the mat. Chris gets to his feet and he tries to mount a comeback, but Conan stops his opponent with a low drop kick. Conan hits a big falling powerbomb, but Jericho kicks out at two. Conan then applies an armbar, and when both men get back to their feet, Jericho gets thrown into the corner and Conan hits a dropkick to the midsection. Chris is finally able to come back with a released German suplex. He follows up with a jumping spin kick, and Chris then hits a back elbow before reversing a suplex with a pin attempt. He only gets a two count. A pinning bridge attempt gets absolutely messed up next, I'm not sure what happened here. And our match comes to an end when Jericho nearly runs into Nick Patrick. Conan lands a dropkick that makes Chris ever so slightly graze our referee, and Nick decides to call for the bell. Conan wins via disqualification. We all saw this one coming a mile away. The match itself too was a little sloppy in places, so I was kinda expecting a bit more giving this point to Monday Night Raw. We have the Milton Bradley Karate Fighters next on Raw, along with a Steve Austin promo, and WCW presents a match between Juventud Guerrera and Miguel Perez Jr. Todd Pettengill says that this week's Karate Fighters battle is like Beauty and the Beast. Jerry Lawler agrees, saying Sable's a beast alright. Doc Hendricks cuts a promo with Bad Street USA playing in the background, while Sable says Tiger Ninja is her wild man. I'm sure Tiger Ninja enjoyed the compliment. We go to war, and I've no clue what Doc Hendricks was doing here. Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. Sable wins, and here's our tournament brackets. Next week, we have Sonny vs. Bob Backlund. Should be a doozy. Vince McMahon introduces Steve Austin, and Stone Cold tells Vince to stop running his mouth. Austin says he's going to teach Bob Holly a wrestling lesson in tonight's main event, but it won't last long. Stone Cold says he knows Brett is here tonight, and the hitman better pay attention to Stone Cold's match because Brett better be prepared for Madison Square Garden, the most important match of Brett's life, according to Austin. Steve says Brett is coming back to please his fans and please his family, and that's where Austin has an advantage. He isn't trying to please anyone but himself. Stone Cold then threatens Brett, saying that after the Bob Holly match tonight, he just might go looking for the hitman, and the Survivor Series will begin a little early. We don't get any entrances for our next match. Hoovy runs down to the ring while we get an arena shot. The bell rings and off we go. Miguel Perez Jr. is maybe best known by fans of this era for his time in Los Bariquas in the World Wrestling Federation. Hoovy misses a dropkick and Miguel fires back with a clothesline. But when Miguel tries a cradle, Hoovy counters with a headlock. Both men are back on their feet and Guerrero lands a few chops. Perez answers with a running clothesline in the corner. The fast back and forth action continues with a top rope dropkick from Juventud Guerrera. Perez comes back with a Russian leg sweep. And Miguel then gets the chance to show off his aerial abilities, something we didn't get to see too much of during his WWF run the following year. The audience gets distracted by someone showing up in the arena and it turns out to be Ted DiBiase and Vincent. Hoovy hits a crossbody from the top rope to the outside, and we get to see a great spot where Miguel reverses a Hurricane Rana on the guardrails with a powerbomb. Have a listen. Guardrail. Oh! Oh, no, 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 no. Miguel continues to impress with a cartwheel moonsault over the top rope. Back inside the ring, Hoovy rolls out of a tornado DDT and Perez gets nailed with a springboard dropkick. Guerrera then goes upstairs and he goes for a 450, but Perez moves out of the way and Guerrera lands on his feet. 
This results in Perez taking the opportunity to roll Juvi up, and he scores a pinfall win. A surprisingly good but short matchup that was actually better in many ways than Conan vs Chris Jericho. Gonna give Nitro the point this time. Shawn Michaels cuts a promo on Raw while the faces of fear do battle with the American males. Where are the American males on the Ming Manly meter? Fucking low, that's where. The males get a new pyro and they stand in the ring and do a little posing, but Ming charges into both men like a bull and the American males get knocked over. Barbarian and Riggs start us off and we learn that the VHS tape that was passed to Shivani and Sabisco earlier on contains a Roddy Piper music video, what a letdown that is. The video is still going to get played a little later on. As we transition over to Bagwell and Ming, Bischoff says again that he visited Piper's home but he couldn't get speaking to Roddy and Piper's managers are still being difficult to deal with. Apparently though, this videotape will give us clues about Piper's current state of mind in regards to this possible Hogan match. Bagwell takes a powerbomb and a backbreaker from the Barbarian. The faces of fear are making quick tags while Bagwell is struggling to reach his corner to tag in Riggs. Bagwell manages to clothesline the Barbarian but Ming comes in with a clothesline of his own. This forces Riggs to jump into the ring and Ming gets taken out. Bischoff says he's going to visit Piper's home again tomorrow as Buff Bagwell finally tags out. Riggs is able to hit a few dropkicks and the match ends with Bagwell totally messing up. Marcus trips the Barbarian up when Riggs had a dropkick lined up. Riggs falls to the mat and when he gets back up he takes a kick to the face from Ming. Barbarian pins Riggs and it's all over. Bagwell looks upset at how things turned out but the males get out of the ring as Jimmy Hart cuts a promo. The Faces of Fear want a WCW tag team title shot against the Outsiders. Jimmy says there's only one team of men who can bring the tag titles back to WCW and that's Ming and the Barbarian. Jimmy may have a point there. Still, the American Males vs the Faces of Fear wasn't great, it felt like a filler match. HBK is just as pissed off as Psycho said it seems, even though it was Sean who messed up by hitting Sid with a superkick. Kevin Kelly has interrupted HBK's shower time to get an interview and Sean says he and Sid have had conflicting personalities for a long time despite their friendship. The problem Sean has is the fact that Sid wants Sean to call him the master and ruler of the world. HBK then brings up Bret Hart saying that the hitman wants to be this perfect role model, Sid wants to topple the heartbreak kid and it feels like everyone is treating the WWF champion like chump change. Sean says that everyone who calls him names or anyone who ever doubted him ended up getting kicked in the face by the heartbreak kid at one time or another. And even though tonight was a mistake, the sweet chin music still knocked Psycho Sid out cold and the same thing is going to happen at Survivor Series. HBK says whether any other WWF superstar likes it or not, Sid is going down this Sunday. Sean wants Sid's respect and if he has to beat it out of the big man on pay per view then Sean's going to do it. A short promo here, again Raw was filled with these spots in order to promote the Survivor Series so it's a bit hard to score this kind of stuff but it was a good enough promo. Was it better than the Nitro tag match? Uh, it's really up to you. The match was okay but to me it felt like a waste of time so Raw gets the point. Main event time, Stone Cold Steve Austin vs Bob Holly on Raw and over on Nitro we get to see that VHS tape and guess what, we also get another Hogan promo to end this show. 
So this video tape, it's a music video for Piper's song, I'm Your Man. It's on YouTube, watch it and have fun with it. It's Roddy Piper singing a pop song and it baffles me that the video doesn't have more views. It kind of falls into that, I can't believe he thought this was a good idea category. After the video airs, Eric Bischoff makes the connection. There's moments in the video where we see a marquee for Hulk Hogan vs Roddy Piper at the Hollywood Bowl. And that's it. That was the whole reason for playing this song. That was the whole reason for a guy trying to smuggle in the video. Things will be made a little more clear next week as to why a fan had to get the VHS tape to Shivani and Sabisco, but it feels like there could have been another way to do this while avoiding the whole music video thing. Again, check it out on YouTube though. After Sherlock fucking Bischoff finds the clue, Hulk Hogan comes out again, and it's pretty much the exact same promo here as the last two weeks. I read your comments, a lot of you said this stuff was still good because it's heel Hulk Hogan in 1996, and I do agree that it's great seeing Hulk as a heel, but four weeks in a row now he's ended Nitro with pretty much the same promo or video package. He isn't changing his words too much here. Liz is wearing a Santa outfit because Santa with Muscles was just released on video, I think. And Hulk Hogan says again that Piper is afraid of him because the hot rod refuses to show up. DiBiase takes the microphone, he says there's only one thing left to do, and the Hulkster poses again as Nitro goes off the air. I'm not joking, that was the gist of what happened. Thankfully, the streak gets broken next week. Stone Cold vs Bob Holly ends Raw and I think I know who wins reliving the war this week. Steve gives a clean break in the corner as Vince McMahon tells us that Bret Hart is watching the match backstage. Steve brings Holly down with a headlock and he follows up with a hard hitting shoulder block. Austin lets Holly get back up. The rattlesnake then applies a standing side headlock as we see the hitman watching the match on a monitor backstage. Holly is able to apply a grounded hammerlock and Hart pays attention as Stone Cold breaks the hold. Holly applies a wrist lock and Austin gets out with a Roman Greco thumb to the eye. Austin then delivers a hard knife edge chop and we then see a headlock takedown from Stone Cold. Everything looks crisp here. Stone Cold hits a stun gun when both men get back to their feet and Jim Ross announces that Austin will face Vader next week on Raw, win, lose or draw at the Survivor Series. Brett takes a drink backstage as Stone Cold hits a middle rope elbow. Lawler says the hitman has been hanging around Jake the Snake Roberts. The split screen stays on for ages, and if you like watching Bret Hart watching wrestling matches, then this is the raw main event for you. We go to commercial break and we get another Survivor Series advertisement with Stone Cold. These TV spots were very good though, and I don't mind watching these over again at all. We come back and Austin hits the Luthez press. Holly counters with a pin, but it only gets a two. We see Brett again watching the match backstage via split screen, but at least it's not for the entire match like the Harlem Heat bout earlier on Nitro. Austin rams his shoulder into the ring post and Holly goes to the top rope, and Holly ends up jumping straight onto Stone Cold's boot. Austin then hits the Stone Cold stunner and Austin wins the match. After the bout, Austin goes to Brett's locker room. He gets to the door, but he doesn't go inside. Steve says he isn't going to fight Brett for free, fans will have to pay to see the match of the decade, and before walking off, Steve shouts into the locker room that this Sunday will be the end of Brett the Hitman Hart. Raw gets the final point. 
Raw wins this week's Reliving the War. It was a promo heavy show and maybe you'd enjoy Nitro more if you prefer in-ring action, but all the promos on Raw were pretty good too. Our scores are now 20 points to Raw, 29 points to Nitro and we've had 8 ties. In the television ratings, Nitro won with a 3.7 while WWF Raw scored a 2.5. Thanks for watching another episode of Reliving the War and remember to join me this Sunday for a look at the Survivor Series, one of the WWF's most pivotal pay-per-views of 1996. If you're only interested in the WCW side of things, well, next week Roddy Piper shows up and there's a big revelation in regards to the New World Order. Again, thank you very much for watching and I'll see you all next time.